season. And this is a time where we are learning how to discern God's voice. We're learning how to discern as a community. And so as David tells a story, so what's going to start off after that, uh, we're going to have a couple questions. So as he tells a story, just in your mind, be thinking of the first question is what evidences of God's grace do we see in his story? And the second one will be uh, what missionary practices, what can we learn uh, as we are a church on mission, trying our best to hear the voice of the Lord and be obedient to it, to him? Um, yeah. So what, what, what can we learn from this story? So with that being said, I'm going to let David... How, David, how long have you been coming to Stones River? <clears throat> you and Donna? We have completed 36 years here. 36 years. Yeah. Who's been here longer? Uh, let's see. Uh, Linda, Linda, Nathan. Yeah. Yeah. And Nathan. And is, is, have you, were you here before the Jernigans? Or? No. No? Um, Nathan was here yeah, long before us. That's what I thought. So, wow. So, one of the most tenured members of Stones River. Yeah, as, uh, I've had the same uh, ladies cut my hair for over 40 years. <clears throat> and she told me recently, she said, you know, you're one of my oldest clients. And she said, well, yeah, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> I just meant you've uh, been coming to me for a long time. I will give you a, a quick uh, testimonial on my work. Uh, being at Roscoe Brown, I started out as a service technician. That's part of my story here. But when I first started, I hated cold weather. I did not like getting out in cold weather, but uh, we bought a house that had all electric heat. And if you remember the old houses, that had the electric wall heaters. So when the electricity goes out, you have no heat. And uh, God showed me something one night because we had an ice storm and the electricity went out in the house and you know, there was nothing we could do. All we did was get all the blankets and quilts and put on the kids and put on us and just prayed the electricity would come back on. So it got down in the 50s in the house, and I decided that was a sign. So from that point on, if your heat went out in the middle of the night, and I've been out in all hours of the night, I didn't mind going because I knew what it felt like. <laughs> Okay, so my, uh, my life, I'm going to title this basically somewhere between belief and faith. I think that's been most of my journey throughout life. So I grew up in a small farming community. The name of the town is Linville. If you don't know where it is, it's in North Giles County. Very small town. Uh, we did have uh, 12 full grades. We had more than just a one-room schoolhouse, so... Uh, we had, I'd say at the most, maybe 400 students between uh, first grade through 12th. My graduating class was 32. So for most of you, that would be very hard to comprehend. <laughs> uh, but I was blessed. I had Christian parents and grandparents. Uh, my parents always took us to church. You know, every time the doors were open, we went. The big thing in the summertime, we never took a vacation, but there was vacation Bible school. So that was our vacation for the week. 
Uh, let's see. But one thing about church, I always felt it was a safe place. I felt welcomed, accepted. Uh, of course, it wasn't a big uh, church, you know, I'd say at the most, probably 100, 120, which was pretty good for a, a small church in that community. Very well attended, a lot of families like us. You know, I, I have three, no, let's see, I have two older brothers and a sister, so four children, and a lot of families have four and more. So a, a lot of families there. Uh, church service, if you can imagine, if you ever... Uh, Attended at the basic church of Christ, especially back in the 50s and 60s, and even today. Uh, worship was two songs, a prayer, song, communion, and then sometimes a song and preaching, but most often it just went right into the other. So, very, very basic, very structured. Yeah. But one to. One of, for me, from my earliest memories, I had a strong belief in God. I was baptized at 12. Uh, my mother really helped me on my prayer side because she always encouraged, you know, at least a bedtime prayer. And uh, we took turns, of course, saying, uh, having a blessing at our meals between the kids. But the one thing uh, that I struggled with with belief and faith was, at that time, I looked more at faith as works-based. I was trying to more or less earn my worthiness to be part of the church. So my prayer life uh, was sporadic, but I did feel that God listened to my prayers. So after graduating high school, I started here at MTSU, and I didn't go home on weekends. Most of the students went home on weekends, but I decided, you know, I wanted to find out who I was, and I wanted to make my own connections. So I tried attending a church in Murfreesboro, but I really didn't make any connections. So the only time I did go to church was when I visited my parents. During college, I started working part-time for a friend whose family owned a refrigeration service company. After graduating, I started working for them full-time. And Donna liked like this part of the story. She always loves my sharing of this. So my friend, he started building a house, and he was buying his material from Lowe's. So I went with him one day. And I noticed, wow, there's this tall, blonde, attractive lady <laughs> on the sales floor. And her name was Donna. <laughs> so a short time later, I saw her out with a group of her friends and asked for her phone number. And wow, surprisingly, she gave it to me. Yeah. So a little over, well, a little less, I guess, a year later, we were married. And matter of fact, she will, the, our anniversary is coming up next week. Yeah. So that's our love story. <laughs> you never know where you're going to meet your mate. Could be Lowe's or Walmart or anywhere. You just never know. <laughs> okay. So the only problem was she worked on Sundays. So we didn't really look for a church to attend. And I still wasn't attending regularly. 
But, you know, with marriage comes children, or often. So after the birth of child number two, I decided that, you know what, I need to give them the same opportunity that I had. So started looking for a church. We were living at, uh, oops, uh, off the old National Highway. And Florence Church of Christ, if you're familiar with that, was just down the road. So I started attending on Sunday mornings, taking the kids. Donna was still working on Sundays. That went on for a while, and we finally got a chance to buy our first house. This is the one I was talking about earlier. So it was south of Murfreesboro, and we wanted to find a church we could attend as a family. So Donna was able to quit her job at Lowe's and started working at Haynes Brothers Lumber, which was really good because they were closed on the weekends. So now we had our chance. So we started attending and became members of Riverdale Church of Christ. And we started attending every service. It was really good. And one of the blessings that we had was a, a group of young adults with children our age and we made many connections, and Mark and Carol King were part of that group. <clears throat> so at this point in my life, I started to feel my belief turning more into faith. And I just, I had a hunger at that point to learn more about Jesus his love and sacrifice that he so freely gave. But unfortunately, at Riverdale, there was a, uh, a dispute that came up over freedom of worship and some conflicts with the preacher. So we left, and it was mostly young adults that we left with. And many of these started coming to Stoned River. So we thought, hey, We'll try it, and we'll see what it's about. And I don't know if any of you remember, of course, Nathan will remember Jim Pounders, was a preacher at that time. And we really liked him. But what really stood out is we felt so welcomed and accepted. So it just felt like we just moved into the perfect place. And at this point in my life, I just really started reading the Word more and started to try to understand and, and comprehend. And on top of that, I found that I started a really consistent prayer life. So between reading the Word, a better prayer life, and a really strong group of believers. And on top of that... I experienced, or I'd say we experienced, a freedom to worship that we had never known before. So that was just really enlightening and good for us. So at that point, uh, my belief absolutely started turning into faith and trust that I have a Redeemer, I have a relationship with the one true God and his son, Jesus. So, here we are. 36 years later, we still have a great group of believers 
and I absolutely am convinced this is exactly where we're supposed to be. Wow, that was great. <clears throat> that was really good. All right, so you'll have to elect or whatever, draw straws or whatever you do to have a spokesperson uh, at the table. Uh, we're going to take the moment now, five to ten minutes or so, and just ask the question, what evidences of God's grace do you see in, discern in David's story? And then we'll share.
is another minute or two adequate? Or do you need more than that? Yeah? Okay. We'll, we'll do another minute or two. All right. Which table would like to go first? Don't, okay, nice. Evidences of grace. Um, we think that the grace of God was evident in your journey from as you put it, belief to faith, and I like the way that you said that. Um, the fact that you began in a somewhat, what's the word? I'll just use your word, structured um, Church of Christ. Um, by the grace of God, you have grown and found a wider view um, of what church is. Um, Greg said you were punching above your weight with Donna and that it was the grace of God that, that she married you. <laughs> um, <laughs> and... Um, we found it very, very um, um, it's very tender that it, it was your mother that um, deepened your appreciation of prayer and, and that it was through God's grace that you, as you began to mature and you began to want to be your own person, you didn't find that community really in college and didn't find it until you perhaps 
had your own children and wanted to give them the gift of what you had experienced from your parents, however, um, however much you've grown from that, that was still a gift, a gracious gift of God that you had that underpinning that you saw was important and that you wanted to pass that along. Yeah, so. There are a few of us in here who are old enough to remember the kind of church David grew up in. Uh, I certainly grew up in one of those rural churches where everything was pretty strict. <laughs> and uh, but David, I appreciate your story, and uh, it, it's a it's a journey, as you put it, from belief to faith. But I think in your case that was a journey from works to grace because that that sort of those are sort of the same thing um, but what i got the most powerful thing i heard from you was three the combination of three things in your life staying in the word a consistent prayer life and continuous fellowship with good people who are people of faith that's the formula for for a Christian walk. That's a really good formula. Staying in the Word, an active prayer life, and fellowship with God's people. Anybody else want to add something to that? Next. So we noticed a friend's role in you meeting Donna. And, and that reminded me of a story we'd heard previously when, when Matt spoke uh, about a role of friends in meeting a future spouse. Uh, so it would be interesting to see if that comes up with anybody else. Uh, then the, when you had children, your, they had a role in your desire for greater spiritual things. Uh, I think that's something that a lot of us have experienced wanting to, you know, start thinking about legacy and the future a little bit more and certainly look at it differently. And then there's grace in, in what you found at different churches through stages in your life. For example, as a youth, you mentioned the safety and the welcoming nature of that church. And then later, when you backed away from that a bit, uh, if, if you had found that church unwelcoming, for example, would you have been prompted when you had children to say, hey, let's, let's find something? I, I don't know. And then at Riverdale, there's a division, but you'd formed some friendships there, some key friendships that continued, lifelong friendships. Church divisions like that oftentimes can break people, and who knows, maybe at that point you say, well, this just isn't working, this isn't for me, and you give that up. I, you know, I, who knows? But the, so that's, I think there's a grace there, finding that welcoming environment, friendships, and then you, then you end up here, right? And the grace, this is the best church on earth, right? Am I right? Am I right? So that's a grace. There were some things that came up um, at our table besides the, the beats that you um, pointed out in your actual journey that I thought were really interesting. 
Um, like Ben, John pointed out the journey to him didn't seem so much from belief to faith, but from works to grace. And he kind of wanted to hear more about that. Um, Danielle pointed out that God kept pursuing you along your journey. Um, and I think that that's really true. And then another thing that was pointed out in our group that I thought was really interesting was just kind of an undercurrent of the whole story that you didn't talk about specifically, and that was your faithfulness in being rooted and planted in a community for so long at Stones River and in Murfreesboro and at Roscoe Brown and the effect that that has on the people that you encounter and on the community as a whole and just how many people you encounter on a daily basis that you're able to minister to, that you have ministered to for so many years because you are so rooted in a community. Um, Jerry brought that up, and I just thought that that was such an excellent point. Um, you're just the undercurrent of your whole story. Do you want to share over here? Well, you guys have stolen quite a few of ours already, um, but one of ours was, um, it was God's grace that gave Donna a new position where y'all were able to, to worship together as a family, that that was a, a big change for your family. Um, and then Mark and Carol have the unique perspective of having known you back then, and then seeing you today after they've they've took a, took a 15 year um 15 years they were not here at stones river and they're back and they pointed out that they have seen so much growth in you as a person in these 15 years that prior you were a little more quiet a little more reserved or maybe always serving behind the scenes but now they say that it's so amazing to see you up front in leadership roles and sharing your heart and um, how amazing that is. So, um, We kind of talked about how um, in different parts of your life there were uh, different people that... Um, helped you with your walk with God, like grow, when you said that growing up your mom pushed you to at least pray at night and pray at dinner, and then um, marrying someone that um, is also a Christian and that you could relate to in your walk with God, and then later in life when you had kids and that kind of prompted you back to wanting to build an even stronger relationship with God. Well, first of all, none of us will ever go into Lowe's the same again. <laughs> and on a very quick personal, personal note, over the past year, I've had occasion to go to Lowe's, need to go to Lowe's many, many times, long story. Um, but I've gotten to the point where I loathe Lowe's, can't stand the place because of that. But now the place will just have a warm glow around it. So anyway, uh, it was observed, David, that there is a strong sense of loyalty 
that you possess that has served you well and that now serves us well, serves those around you well, serves the church well. Um, Same hairstylist, same wife, same job, same church for a very long time. Um, So that loyalty is a very big deal that we heard. Um, There seems to be a valuing of structure, um, appreciating the structure you had in your family of origin, wanting a structure for your children, yet at the same time there's a, uh, there, there was a longing for more that seemed to come out and a willingness and openness to value structure at the same time, embrace change, embrace newness and an openness. And that, that we, we saw that as a real interesting combination, a very valuable, good combination. Um, and, and that was at all stages. There was kind of a wanting more at all stages. Um, a, a strong sense of family came out loud and clear, uh, a valuing of the family of origin and also a very strong sense of your own family. Um, it, did I miss anything big, guys? Anything else? Oh, yes. Thank you, David. An excellent point. Uh, that my brother David made. Um, he heard and valued things you didn't say in addition to the things that you said. You didn't talk about bitterness. You didn't talk about... Um, Anything else with that? Yeah. You were moving forward without criticism. There was a lot that you didn't say, so that was that was very meaningful to us. One thing we spoke about at our table is God's timing in your life, in the way He orchestrated um, you coming to Murfreesboro initially just for college, but Murfreesboro became so much more than that. Um, you and Donna were at Lowe's on the same day. She told us how she wasn't even supposed to meet you, really, and there's someone that wasn't there, and she had to take over. And so um, it was really just by chance. And then um, and how her family and wasn't from Murfreesboro and how she ended up here, and you were here at the same time. And then obviously the churches that you went to and then Stones River, um, being here, a church that was founded in Murfreesboro, and um, bringing you here and having Stones River here for you when it was time. There was one other thing I, I omitted. Mike uh, made a great observation. It may have been an act of grace, David, that uh, your power went out in the middle of a cold night. Uh, because it taught you to put others' needs above your own personal comfort. And I've seen that in, in all of your dealings with people, as long as I've known you. All right, let's, uh, we're doing pretty good on time. Let's just take a couple minutes here. And you may have already talked about um, the second question, but let's, let's just take a couple minutes and then every table doesn't have to share. I think it's how we've done in the past, but what evidences or what lessons, excuse me, can we learn, um, 
missionary lessons as a church on mission. So I'll give it two or three minutes and then we'll, we'll do that. All right, I know that wasn't tons and tons of time, but again, we, I won't go around to every table, but if anyone has something they would like to share. Is that a hand up, Jerry, or are you just scratching the back of your head? <laughs> All right, I know we got some good stuff out here, so who wants to go first? This uh, missionary lessons that we discussed was the importance of family seeking God together. Uh, the, the role of spiritual disciplines and faith development and welcoming others to our church in the manner that David and his family were welcomed when they came here. That's good. All right. Greg? Thank you. Um, I'll, I'll pass to anybody else that wants to add. I just want, there's, there's one that I, I really want to highlight, which is, I think we need to learn, be reminded if we've already learned, I don't know where you are exactly, but it's easy to forget and it's great to be reminded. So thank you, David, that the people we engage with in conversations about God and faith and church, um, there's somewhere in a long journey 
of transformation. And as David puts it, for him, from belief to faith. But however we characterize that, that, that maturation of our relationship with God and spirituality, um, we're meeting people at all kinds of places on that journey. And it would be very, it would be very foolish of us to, in our great maturity and wisdom, insist that people get it and meet us right where we are um, because we could walk for 40 years with someone and have a godly shepherd. I mean, we don't know that that's what they're going to become yet, but it, but they have to walk that whole journey. And, and, and I think that the lesson might be that as, as a church engaging with God's mission, God's purposes in people's lives, walking with them in that journey, wherever they are and wherever we are, is, is very much the point. Uh, I'm going to try and sum up something that was shared between Diane and John. Diane was talking about something you didn't share, which is that she was mentioning how you are always here and that you are always very, you've stuck around through all the hard times. And we were talking about the loyalty and steadfastness that that shows. And John pointed out that while that is true and you are very loyal and steadfast, you also recognize when it is time to leave and you're leaving other places what led you here. And so you're very good at recognizing when you stay and when you need to pack up and go a little bit. Will you share like what we were just talking about along those lines real quick that you were, yeah. I didn't catch all of that, so help me. <laughs> well, just the, along the lines of we were talking about uh, loyalty, but also there are times to transition and different things like that when we were, oh, okay. what we were talking about. Yeah, John and I were talking earlier, you know, uh, in my work career, you know, I have been there 42 years. And it hadn't always been, you know, the greatest experience. I've had my times that I disagreed with uh, management, owners. Uh, but what I have found for the most part is most, most situations are temporary. They're not permanent. Sometimes uh, uh, feelings are more an issue than what's happening at work. Uh, we always use the term, you, sometimes you get your feathers ruffled, and uh, you, you just have to work through that. Now, there are times that, yes, I can understand why someone leaves a job. You know, if you've got a bad manager or uh, co-worker that you can't, you know, work along with, I can certainly understand that. But for the most part, I think if people really look at their work situation, that Things are mostly just temporary. But as far as a church situation, yes, we went through that with uh, Riverdale. And I think everybody knows enough about Stones River now. We've had our ups and downs here. And it's really been painful for Donna and I for a lot of uh, families um, that have left and just couldn't understand why they didn't want to stay. But this is just... Like as I said, this this is where I think that we need to be. Yeah, love that. 
I just want to say one thing. Um, the Lord just put this on my heart. It says, go, grow, connect now. It means to go out and connect with people. And growing and sharing love, and we could do it now. You know, it's a lot of people struggling and suffering. And even the person right next to you is going through something. But if you don't ask them and you don't connect with them, you will never know how to help heal or fix them. We're all going through something in certain situations and circumstances. We want to feel like we have pride or we want to hide what we're going through. But if I can't trust you as my church family, my friend, then where will I go? I mean, I can go to God, but God is always going to be there. But I'm still looking at you next to me. So whatever I'm struggling with or whatever I'm going through, if you see me down or see my head in certain, or you see me, you could actually tell if I'm feeling some type of way. Reach out and connect with me. Touch me. Let me know that you see me, you understand me, and that you care most of all. And continue to keep me in prayer. One thing that Donna mentioned that the realtor you guys had um, came to Stones River and before you guys even got here, she threw you guys a baby shower and the people here at Stones River attended and they had never met you before. That's, a, that's great. Throw parties. Yeah, that's right. We, we jokingly said that we need to start VBS again because that was your one vacation. But no, in all honesty, to me, a missionary lesson is that the things we do as family in this church become special memories, formative to our youth and our children. So. Just a couple of quick notes that we observed to help in our uh, missionary journey from, from your comments, David. Uh, growing and learning through adversity. You know, you seem to ask the question, what is the message from God for me here? How can I apply it to others? Yeah, the electricity going out is a great example. Um, also, there there is... Um, Clearly in your story, uh, the presence of faith at various times, you didn't know what was next, what it was going to look like, but you journeyed forward anyway and never seemed to doubt that God had something in store. Anybody else over here? Yes, no? Okay. kept talking about the themes of loyalty and faithfulness and but what it really came down to I think for me is this is probably pretty obvious but um, just service I mean every element of your journey and and then what you do for the church and what you do in your work is about service and so I mean you're a minister in the very fundamental sense of that word Anything else? Anybody else? All right. Well, thank you, David.
Yay, David. That is true. How old is how old is that HVAC unit? How old is the HVAC? Mid sixties. That's an evidence of the grace of God for Stones River, huh? How about that? All right, worship team, if y'all want to come on up here. David, thanks for sharing. It was good to hear, man. Uh, I asked David if he had any songs he wanted to hear today, and he said no. <laughs> so it actually worked out pretty good because this last one seems to be uh, kind of on point with what you're talking about. We're going to sing uh, Waymaker. Um, 